is Shandy Chardow, and you're listening to the Shandyland Podcast. It is quite an honor today to have Michael Garozzo, who is the owner of Garozzo's in both Kansas City and Overland Park with us. Garozzo's has had so many accolades. It's been honored by Zagata's, you know, best Italian restaurant, all sorts of things. Michael, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I'm so excited to talk to you. Thank you very much. I'm happy to do it. Happy to be here with you, Shandy. So you grew up working in restaurants, busboy, server, all sorts of things. Tell me how you got on the path of opening your own place. It was always your dream. How did you achieve that? Okay, well, I born and raised on the hill in St. Louis, which is the big Italian section of St. Louis. So every corner had a pizzeria, a deli, or a restaurant. So we always had restaurants to work at and stuff. And my dad was a waiter all of his life, and my uncles were waiters and bartenders and stuff like this. So started working with them as a busboy when I was 13 at a restaurant called Perenni's, which was a great Italian restaurant. And the owner there was a guy by the name of Lou Perenni, who was a great guy. He was good-looking, sharp dresser, lots of money, beautiful girlfriends, and all the football Cardinals and St. Louis Blues guys came in there and hung out. He was just a cool guy. And I said, man, I want to be like Lou when I get big. So (laughs) at a young age, I really knew what I wanted to do. So I just worked at all the best Italian restaurants in St. Louis. I worked three years at a place called Tony's in St. Louis, which was like going to school and getting paid good money. It was for years, many years, the number one Italian restaurant, mobile five-star restaurant, not only Italian five-star restaurant in the country. When I was there, we were working there in 76, 77, 78, before you were born. They were, <laughs> they were on the, we were on the cover of the Wall Street Journal. And the guy that ran it was a guy by the name of Vince Bomarito who was like the Vince Lombardi of the restaurant business. And I studied him. I probably learned more how to run a restaurant the right way from him than I did from all the other guys combined. He was like the best mentor for me. That's amazing. Yeah. So anyway, uh, my journey stayed in St. Louis till I was, uh, I moved to Kansas City when I was 23. I was still working at Tony's. I took a leave of absence to help my cousin was opening up a restaurant in Kansas City with another Italian buddy of mine from the Hill in St. Louis. And I was going to help. We were, a bunch of us were moving up to give him a hand opening this restaurant. I was planning on staying a couple months and going back. And I came up here. And I met my wife, got hit by the thunderbolt. And uh, four kids and eight grandkids, one on the way later. I'm still in Kansas City. I never went back. It's always all about the girl, isn't it? Yeah. So, <laughs> so what anyway, made you decide to open your own? Well, I've all, that was always my intention. And I told my wife that from the beginning. One day I'm going to have my own place. Finally, you know, I was uh, working at, at uh, the uh, Marriott. Well, I met a banker, a guy by the name of Gene Pereira, when I was working at this great Italian restaurant, 
back in the day at Fanny's in, in the early 80s, a place called Fanny's, and got to know him there, and he'd come and see me. And then I was running the banquet department at the Marriott Hotel, and he'd come in all the parties and see me and say, when is an Italian guy, like, why, is it, why don't you have your own restaurant yet? So I don't have any money. He says, I give away millions of dollars every day. If you ever fi go find a joint and come and see me. So, I mean, he, he'd tell me that every time he see me. When are you going to get your own place? You need your own restaurant. And I still always wanted one. Finally, the opportunity came where my wife and I went to dinner at this restaurant. And my friend had the restaurant. And it was in the end of March in 1989. We were finally getting out to celebrate Valentine's Day. We were so busy. I was working, running the banquet department, trying to sell real estate on the side. I had two kids. And, you know, money was tight back then and working hard. So finally, we were going out to celebrate Valentine's Day and had dinner. And my friend wasn't doing too good. The place was down in the old Italian section, but it was pretty beat up back in those days in 89. And, he called me the next day, asked me how dinner was. I said, oh, it was real good, Joe. I'm glad, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I like the place. I like your place. It kind of reminds me of the hill in St. Louis, the little neighborhood place. And uh, he says, you like it enough to want to buy it. I said, I said, what do you want for it? He said, I want 35,000. I'm like, let me come down there. I'll be right down there. So I went in business initially for $35,000. That was what I went in business. That's what I bought the business for. So I took my original loan out. Wait, no, I'm sorry. I took the loan out for 35. I bought the business from him for $30,000. That oh was gosh. a turnkey thing. It was open. It, the name of the restaurant was called Pranza Ristorante at the time. And and uh, uh, I, I, I bought the restaurant for 30000 I was going to have $5,000 bank. But then all the utilities wanted deposits from me. The electric company, the water company, the, I had no money left. So I ended up borrowing $5,000 for my younger brother, who <laughs> I had, my younger brother, four years younger than me, who never made near the money I did. But still has his first communion money. He's one of them guys. He doesn't spend a lot like I do. So I borrowed 5000 from him. I offered him at the time a chance to buy. If he wants, he could buy in and he could have had 12.5% of it. Or if he wants to loan it to me or if he wants to invest it. And he still doesn't say, acts like he doesn't remember the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but I swear on my grandchildren that I offered it to him. He said, I'll just loan you the money because he came up and saw it. And it was pretty beat up place at the time. You know, I'm like, I remember in the beginning, you know, we bought the place on Thursday. We, we ended up closing the loan and getting the place th April 6th, 1989. Wow. Quick turnaround. Yeah. yeah. So the $5,000 bank I borrowed from my brother and. I ate dinner there. Ten days later, I owned the restaurant. And, That's insane. And How many days after that open, did you change the name? Well, oh, well, 
where it was a blessing that it took a while to get the sign because all the early mistakes we made went under Pranza. So it took about a month for them to make the sign, the Garozo sign. And in that time, they I think they had 15 employees that when I when I bought the restaurant and I fired 12 of them the first week. Stop. No, I mean, I thought I had other guys that I knew that I was calling friends of mine in the business that I, I was bringing around and I, I couldn't have these guys ran this other guy out of business. I mean, <laughs> I, I fired three of them that the three that survived the first two weeks stayed with me for three years. Wow. But the, the rest of them, the, 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 I, I, I was on a mission. It was crazy. So I wasn't going to, I couldn't, I, it was fear of failure, you know, and a wife, you know the feeling. two kids, it wasn't an option. So anyway, the place took off immediately, took off immediately. Uh, the, and we just kept improving it and everything I was making, I was putting back in it. I paid the loan off in three months. Oh my gosh. Couldn't what wait did, to pay off the loan to give myself a raise. <laughs> what did you do differently than the previous owner that there was such a change outside of the name? Well, the, the, well, the main thing was the food, you know, and I've been in the restaurant business all my life and I had a bunch of recipes from different restaurants and stuff. I, I was ready. I was ready. I'm 33 years old. So you I made a lot it. of changes right away. Right away, right away. Put our menu in. By the time I got my menus printed and everything and the sign up, once that Garozo, by the time the Garozo sign was up, I had 15 new employees, guys that had experience in the business that I'd worked with in other places that were coming down. I had hired a chef that I'd worked with before, a guy that I worked with that I, I could train because I, I needed a guy in the back because I couldn't be everywhere. I couldn't do it all, but it was, it just, I was ready. And then the place took off immediately. We built it up really with lunch business and the people started coming back for dinner. We revitalized the whole real neighborhood. The neighborhood in those days, nobody thought people from Johnson County would come down to the old they call it the North End. It's called Columbus Park, the old Italian section of Kansas City. And back then it was pretty run down and they had the projects on the other side of Fifth Street. It's all cleaned up and beautiful now. It's such a, in the past 32 years, it's gone so, so drastically the other way. I used to have to have an armed guard on the corner watching oh my all God. my cars when I first opened up because I had a couple cars that got broken into. And I was on a roll. I said, the only thing that's going to stop me from succeeding is if people are afraid to come down here. And because of that, I, I hired a guy and I had the safest corner in, in Kansas City with the guy I had out there, you know. <laughs> I bet. So they weren't stealing any cars or breaking into any cars down there. And, and then it just, uh, it's just, it, it's just been a great ride ever since. But, uh, Really, uh, we started with, you know, we came up with a dish. My uncle came down to uh, help me with the menu. My dad died when I was young, at 20 years old. And my uncle was like a father to me. 
he came up from St. Louis to help me with the menu and look at the things. And uh, that's when we started first started making the chicken spadini, which spadini is uh, literally translated means skewered in Italian. And right, my, like a kebab kind of. Right, right. And so my my mother, I'm full-blooded Sicilian. All four of my grandparents were born in Sicily. And my mother's family made them with veal, and my father's family made them with beef. Kind of different, but very similar. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, we were eating the beef spadini the way my nana Garozzo used to make it, my, my, my dad's mom. And when we were doing the menu, my uncle was looking at the menu. He says, and back then, the late 80s, everybody was watching their cholesterol. Red meat was no bad, fat. and chicken was the thing. Chicken was in. So I had chicken parmesan and chicken marsala were my only two chicken dishes. And my uncle says, you know, my chicken's hot right now. People are staying away from red meat. Everyone's worried about their cholesterol. You need more chicken dishes. I'm like, it's chicken. What are you going to do with it? It's chicken. And then we were eating the beef spadini, which were marinated tenderloin chunks, rolled in Italian breadcrumbs charbroiled on the skewer top with the mogu, olive oil, lemon, garlic, fresh basil, fresh herbs. And I mean, we're eating the beef. He says, why don't we try a chicken like this? So we went back, made a couple chicken spadinis like that. And my uncle says, man, Mike, this is delicious. I said, it really is good. He says, you got to put this on the menu. I said, I can't put that on the menu. Nobody's going to order chicken spadini. (laughs) That's what I do. My uncle says, put it on the menu. If it doesn't sell, take it off. It's, it's become our signature dish. And yeah, now, you sell it a bunch of different ways now. Oh, and trust me, it's the dish of Kansas City. Every yeah. Italian restaurant in town, 90% of them are serving their version of it. And some guys that work for me are do, you doing them. But, you know, they, they say imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. I'm very flattered here in Kansas City. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I know it's it's everywhere there. <laughs> yeah. But so you you really developed the recipes and then hired. Well, yeah. Well, the the spadini, the chicken spadini, we did do it. Like we're the ones who did it. Uh, but veal spadini and beef spadini has been on restaurant menus in St. Louis for many years. Sure. But the recipes ours are family recipes the emogu sauce and the way we did it with the breading and the breadcrumbs and all this marinades and stuff. That's all stuff from home. I was saving. I was saving for my restaurant, you know? Yeah. So no chef's sick one night, do you get back there? Pardon me? Oh, if... I, I couldn't bang with him right now. I, I can't, <laughs> I could cook every dish on the menu, but I can't do it at the speed these guys do. No I'm too, doubt. Yeah, I'm, uh, my, those days are gone. <laughs> I did get back. I mean, I, I used to work one day a week in the kitchen in, in, in the old days, you know, and every Saturday night I expedited for years. What's your favorite job in a restaurant? Working the floor, working the floor of the people, watching the people have a good time. Enjoying a dining experience, not just dinner, a dining experience. 
So when you first took over, you made a lot of changes. You changed the menu, you changed the staff, you changed the name, you cleaned it up, you added security. There's a thousand other things I'm sure I'm not listing there. And I put how my did, background music, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Tony Bennett. How did you get the word out that those changes had happened? How did you manage to, I had a, to bring I the people in? I always had a following. I'd lived in Kansas City for 10 years. I moved here when I was 23. I went in business when I was 33. Right. And I worked at I was worked at a couple of very popular places and I had a lot of customers who would come and request me to serve them. And I just made my way around town. I had a lot of friends. I'm just pretty social guy. So I had a lot of friends and a lot of people supporting me. So your friends will get you started. They're not going to make you or break you, but they're going to get you started. You can't survive on them but they're going to bring business in and introduce people to. But the big thing, the big thing that got the word out there was one of the best brainstorms of my life. On the neighborhood I grew up on, on the hill, the fire hydrants were red, white, and green, like the Italian flag. And I was talking to this Frank Martino, this friend of mine, rest his soul, who owned Northeast Painting Company, and used to come in for lunch all the time. This was, <laughs> I was just open for maybe two months. And I, I knew his son before. I worked with his son at another restaurant. When his son was in school, he was my bus boy, you know, and when I was a waiter, and I knew his family. And I said, Frank, you know what we ought to do? I said, we ought to paint these fire hydrants red, white, and green like the hill in St. Louis. He says, yeah, I love it when I go there. I says, I'll tell you what, I'll pay for all the paint. You you have your guys do the painting. So we did it like that. I think it cost me like 700 bucks to paint all the fire hydrants for the paint. And back then it was a lot of money, but yeah. anyway, so we did it all. They looked beautiful. Well, the fire department was making a big stink about it. So they were going to, they were kind of making like, we, we didn't tell them, we didn't ask them, you know? So here comes the Kansas City Star, they come down there with the photographer and everything. I'm like, we thought we had permission. I'm like, anyway, so I got the guy to take a picture of me. I had the guy, the photographer, and the, doing the article. I invited him in, I bought him lunch. I said, here, get the picture over here with the sign. He had a picture of me hugging my fire, red, white, and green fire hydrant with the Garozo <laughs> sign in the background, right? And the, the title of the article said, Neighborhood Loves Its Fire Hydrants, Fire Department Doesn't. Michael <laughs> Garozo, we thought we had permission, you know? Anyway, I figured they'd put it in the back of the newspaper. Front page. Front page of the Kansas City Star. Five million dollars worth of publicity. Yeah. The phone is ringing off the walls. Like, why didn't you tell me you opened a restaurant? I'll be down tonight. Boom. Did you make friends with the fire department later? Oh, like the fire department and the police department are my friends. I, I've always, uniformed police and fire department eat half price at Garozo's always. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been that way since 1989. And we had a fire in 2003 
that the fire department saved us. Saved us. I love the fire department. Good thing you made Kansas friends City's with that. Kansas City's so, got a good one. You mentioned in in the um, transition between you know the previous owner and you that you know you you were able to kind of make the mistakes before the new sign went up. What are the things that you would have done differently if you could go back and wave a magic wand? Oh gosh, I don't know. I mean, I I really don't I I don't know what I could have done. I don't know how it could have gone better. You know, I mean. Uh, uh, the only thing I would have probably done different is I would have opened on Sunday sooner. <laughs> I, I was closed on Sundays because I needed a day off because I, I was there every minute of every day that the place was open. I was afraid to be out of there. Somebody mm-hmm. might leave unhappy. And I knew you only get one chance to make a good first impression. That's right. But the word on the street had to be positive right out of the gate. And if, if and so I didn't want to take that chance. So I closed on Sundays to give myself a day off. And if I could do it over again, I'd open on Sundays because Sunday's a good day. <laughs> what would you say to somebody who, like you, is, you know, 30 years old, has been working in the restaurant business, would love to open their own place? What advice would you give them? I would say go for it. Go for it while you're young. You know, my, my wife, uh, I remember like the first Monday night we were there, we opened on a Thursday, we had four customers. I came home and she says, how was it tonight? I said, well, we had we did, we did four dinners. Two of them were your mom and your aunt. <laughs> she starts crying. We're gonna lose everything. So me, give me a chance. Give me a chance, man. I said, you know. More than uh, one yeah, day. Yeah, give me a chance. Of, uh, I'll get some people down there. I said, besides, if we lose everything, it's not that much. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I would tell them to go far while you're young. And the main thing is don't, don't go in too deep. I got the place because I had a reasonable rent. I had a good deal. I got in cheap. Get into it cheap so you could see daylight. And don't don't get greedy. Put the money you make back into it. Make it a better place. Take a little joint and do a great job with it. Like, and turn it into a, a a great joint. You know, get a, and you know, people say location, location, location. When I got that place, it didn't have nobody gave me a snowball's chance in hell. What's Garozo doing down there? Well, it's the only place I could afford. Where else am I going to go? You understand? You know, and a lot of guys have these big dreams and make sure you have experience. Make sure that that you know how to do every job in your restaurant, that no, nobody can hold you accountable. That you, I mean, you you have to, I I, I said that wrong. Nobody can hold you hostage. Nobody can hold you hostage. No chef, no person in there is needed that you can't replace. Because you can't run a a business in fear of your chef leaving because you can't do his job. You got to be able to do it. So you got to be able to do every job in there. And the biggest advice I would give anyone going into business, and I just, my wife's cousin just opened up a uh, a, a pie pantry, a pie place in, uh, in a 
bakery and the, the advice I gave her was get a separate account and put 15% of your money away for taxes. The biggest reason businesses fail is because they that's not your money. When you get you get that tax money every day. It used to be we used to have cash and I had a separate account. Back then I took 10% of the cash deposit every day and I put it in a separate account for taxes in the beginning because I thought cash flow was going to be a problem. Never ended up being a problem because we, we got busy so early. We had we were making sauce the way my grandmother did with neck bones and Italian sausage and homemade meatballs like you do it. I mean, our food's to die for. It still is. We make it. You could taste it. I mean, so anyway, it's just, but don't don't let taxes get you because that's where most businesses fail because they get behind on taxes. That's not your money. So that's that's another that's big piece of advice I'd give anybody getting in business. It's really good advice. And I'm sure that you've got some, um, you know, kind of interesting perspective. I know you're president of the Kansas City Restaurant Association. How were you able to help other restaurateurs? And then what did you learn from the from the restaurateurs that you were able to work with during that time? Uh, at, at the Restaurant Association? Mm-hmm. That's more or less of, well, I mean, it's just good to know what everybody's doing, you know, yeah. what, what, what the latest and the greatest of everything is and stuff like this. Um, you, um, uh, you took one of my three big things. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, that happens a lot. <laughs> so now you're going to have to come up with a whole new one between then and now. Come up with another true one. <laughs> another true one is right. That's hilarious. So, I oftentimes do that, you know, yeah. you got to watch out for me in these conversations. Yeah. Okay. So you know, there's, there's, a, there's a super hot topic right now in the restaurant industry, which is staffing, right? So off of the back of the pandemic, a lot of people, a lot of restaurants closed down and, and didn't keep all their staff and now trying to restaff as everything's opening up has become a huge issue. Are you seeing that problem? And do you have any advice for people who are trying to, to get through that? You know, it's funny you ask me that because it is a, it's a terrible problem all over the country. Yeah. I mean, it's gotten so bad that some of the friends of mine have had to close Monday night, one day a week to get their employees off. There's too many people that are sitting at home making $40,000 a year to do nothing that aren't going to come to work back to work. And there's people are, there's jobs for them. It's just insane what's going on in America right now. And it's terrible because restaurants that were closed down in California and New York can't open back up because they can't find help. It's just, it's unbelievable. I feel so bad. I've got good friends in both New York and California that have lost a fortune and, and, and worked all their lives building restaurants that have been destroyed by this pandemic and yeah. and, the, and the asinine way that it's been handled. <laughs> it's just- Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, crazy, a crazy viewpoint of how delicate the yeah. situation <laughs> was, right? Since you asked me that, you know, uh, we, uh, 
I've seen people are offering signing bonuses to people mm -hmm. and stuff like this. We, and that's all over the place. People yeah. are offering signing bonus, $100, $500, signing bonus, you know, to people that did nothing for them. I, I did, uh, we just did this and we're giving them away. This week, it's brand new. I had 77 of my employees that were with me before the pandemic that came back that are still with me. Nice. I know there are 77 of them because instead of giving everybody, any new people that haven't done anything for, my, for me before a bonus, I gave all 77 of them a $100 Visa gift card as a way of saying thank you to my, my people. The bonuses, you guys, the guys that were here before and still here with me. I'm not going to give a bonus to some guy who hasn't done anything for me yet. So we gave out, we're giving them out today, tomorrow with the paychecks. Everybody gets a, everybody that was with me before and after we gave them all a hundred dollar gift card. I love that. Yeah. So I said, because they said, look, can we offer a signing bonus? Signing by, I, I, I'll give them a sign. Let's give a bonus to the people that are working here and, and, well, and were working here before. But that sends a message to people who want to come work there that, you know, loyalty is rewarded and that it's a good place to be, you know? So I think that, that that's valuable on both sides, even if it's, you know, not for the new people right now, it, it sends a message that they'll be valued longer term. So I like it. I think it's a good way to look at it. Now, when you're not eating at Garozo's, what's your favorite place to eat? Oh gosh, I love I love food. And you can't I say home. Uh, yeah, no, 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 <laughs> no. I, gosh, you know, there's an Italian restaurant in New York called Il Molino. It's on West Third Street in Greenwich Village, and that is maybe you know if, if i was going to the electric chair i'd have my last supper there perfect what would you have oh god well tony mambelli the guy the, the head guy over there he's straight from italy and he's a great guy we're very good friends he's one of the guys i was telling you about you know il molino they seat about 75 80 people but Everything that I've ever put in my mouth. I mean, he's got probably go with one of his veal chops, but the homemade pasta, the, everything I've ever eaten there, and, and just the whole ambiance, dining experience of being there. The wine list is great. It's stuff I, it's, it's my place. It's my favorite place. That's amazing. All right, so I always like to ask advice, but I've already done that. So I'm gonna jump straight to how can people find you online and when they're traveling to Kansas City, how can they connect with you and make sure that they get uh, in line at Garozo's? Yeah, garozos.com is, is a G-A-R-O-Z-Z-O-S.com. And then, uh, I mean, we're on Facebook and all that stuff too. They We got, all that going on. I'm not so much involved in that. I, I mean, I, I don't get on it because I don't want to, 
I, I got on it for a minute just to check it out. And then about a million people wanted to be friends. And I don't have time. I, I'm like, I, I hope you're not mad at me because, and it's like LinkedIn. I don't want to link up. I don't have time. I, I, I'm trying to get through my emails every day. And, 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 and you know, I'm kind of stepping back a little bit now. You know, I'm working less, golfing more playing with the grandkids, traveling, and, you know, I've got a, a, a great team. I got, uh, you know, the my chefs, the, 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 my one lead chef's been with me for 28 years, and he's like a rock star. He oversees the catering company and all, and both of the restaurants, and then I got two other great chefs that have been with me, both of them over 20 years. And I mean, they're, they're, they're solid, but I mean, they, we need help everywhere. We need cooks. We need salad boys. We need dishwashers. We need bus boys. We need servers. We need everything. And there's nobody, I mean, it's just crazy. It's yeah. crazy, but um, it, it, we need help. So come to Garozo's. You can make <laughs> some good money and have a good time too. So hopefully we find some people for you from here. <laughs> well, next time you're out in Arizona visiting your daughter, who is, by the way, amazing, uh, I'd love to you know, have a glass of wine and sit down and chat further. But the time has flown by, and I know that you're super excited because you're going to have to come up with one on the fly. But I like to end all these episodes with two truths and a lie. So you're going to give us three facts about yourself, one of which is less than factual. But don't okay. tell the listeners which one's not true. If you listeners want to know which one's not true, you'll have to come talk to us on social media or in the comments on your favorite podcast platform. So, Mike, take it away. Okay. Two truths and a lie. I was the only Italian ever kicked out of the church choir. <laughs> uh, I, um, I was an Eagle Scout. And I had speaking parts and two motion pictures. Well, those are good ones. And I like that you came up with one and I can't tell which one it is. That's perfect. Michael Garozo, thank you so much. This has been a fabulous conversation. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. I know you're a busy guy. And listeners, thank you as always for sticking around. This has been the Shandyland Podcast and we'll talk to you soon. Hey.